Welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast, a podcast that talks about topics for women over 40. You know, that time of your life that many call midlife. That time of life when you can really vibe, be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. Join me, Linus Woods-Mullen, certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over 40, as I talk about a variety of topics that address the wellness of the mind, body, and spirit for women over 40. Remember, midlife doesn't mean no life. Midlife is an opportunity to increase your self-love, your self-care, and your self-worth. It's your time to be vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged. It's your time to vibe. So come on, let's vibe. Hi, and welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast. My name is Linus Woods-Mullins, and I am a holistic living and wellness consultant for women over 40. And I specialize in helping women basically to vibe, to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerge. I talk to the ladies that I work with about holistic practices that they can do, about fitness, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. And today's podcast is really going to be all about spiritual renewal. You know, normally I have my podcast in three different sections. You know, we talk about the body, body bliss, and mind, the mind, mind moves, and also spiritual, spiritual bliss. Well, this particular podcast is dedicated to spiritual bliss. I am so excited about our topic, so let's get started. As I told you earlier, I wanted to talk about spiritual bliss and the whole idea of what we can do to raise our spirits. I have to share something with you that I did not too long ago in my group, the Vibe Women 40 and Beyond group uh, in in Facebook. Uh, There's about 7,400 women from all over the world, 90 different countries. And I did a survey to see what kinds of things they wanted to talk about this summer. Every summer I do workshops for women. And uh, one of the things I asked them was, you know, what kinds of things would you like to learn about this summer? And I gave them several choices, like, do you want to learn more about hormones or menopause symptoms or movement or nutrition or relationships or empty nester, you know, the kinds of things that maybe we think about at this stage of life. And I also asked about motivation and inspiration. And I have to tell you, by far, three to one, everyone wanted something about motivation and inspiration. And I thought to myself, well, what, why is that? I thought usually people want to know about, you know, weight release, my hormones, menopause, hot flashes, all that stuff. But, you know, the reality is, I guess if we don't have the motivation or if we don't feel inspired or empowered to make those lifestyle changes in our life to help us with the weight release and the hormones and relationship issues and everything else, then, you know, the rest of it's all going to hell in a handbasket, right? If we don't have that initial impetus to want to do something about it. So I thought, okay, when I look at it that way, that makes so much sense. So I decided that I wanted to start talking with women on this podcast about what it is that helps them to vibe, basically, be more vibrant, more intuitive, more beautiful. And I'm talking about that inner beauty radiating out because, you know, the face thing will go, right? But that inner beauty, that's what makes you beautiful. And the emergence, how they have emerged to be that total woman, that woman that knows how to stay motivated or knows how to pep themselves up or knows how to be empowered. 
So I am so excited because I have a friend that I'm going to be introducing to you that I have been basically stalking her on Instagram and Clubhouse for since the beginning of this year. And she is so awesome. And she is beautiful on the outside as she is on the inside. I am talking about RJ Jackson, who is a just phenomenal person. She calls herself the courage giver, and she absolutely is. RJ Jackson is more than an international leader. She's a professional speaker and executive life coach who has traveled the world for over 20 years, inspiring others to fulfill their life's purpose. She's a proud mother, mother of two supportive adult children, and she is known as Sweetie to her beautiful grandchildren. She is a sister, aunt, friend, volunteer, and a breath of fresh air, and this is absolutely true. She's known as the Courage Giver, and she has proven herself to be a great writer, hitting the bestsellers list four times out of the seven books that she has written, and pinning books such as Conversations of Courage, Take Heart, and Repositioned Journey, I'm Still Standing. Her life story is all about overcoming adversity. She is well-schooled in doing workshops, having done over 10,000 workshops, training sessions, and keynote addresses around the globe in countries like Bermuda, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, Barbados, Jamaica, Cambodia, Haiti, Kenya, Mexico, Nigeria, and Thailand. You'll very rarely hear RJ talk about what she does as a certified human trafficking advocate or a certified anger management professional or a parent facilitator. Instead, you will find her doing what she loves the best, which is inspiring women and teenage girls to live their best life on the other side of fear. And she has contributed to the community and has earned all kinds of accolades such as visionary leader, Leader of Distinction, Women of the Year, and June 24th is her official R.J. Jackson Day in Buffalo, New York. And I have to say that at the time that we are doing this interview, that will be next week. So we are so honored. And I took the time to actually go through her whole bio. I don't always do that, but I just think she is a phenomenal woman, the kind of phenomenal woman that Maya Angela talks about. This is Ms. R.J. Jackson. R.J., welcome to the Vibe Living Podcast. It's wonderful oh my gosh. today. <laughs> what an honor. What a privilege. Thank you for sharing my journey with people. And I say that with humble heart, with a humble heart. It's not to say, look at me and what I've done. It's to say, look at what God has done through me because I have made myself available for people so thank you for sharing and for allowing me to be here today oh absolutely and um sharing your background i mean that's the tip of the iceberg because i know there is so much there but one of the first things that comes to mind when you read the accolades of a woman who has done so much is you know first of all how did you do it but more specifically why what's your why why did you decide to take this path and what has motivated you to continue to stay on this path? That's a great question. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? And I have to tell you the truth. I can't say it's because of me. I have to say it's really the way I was created. It's the way my blood flows through my body. And I say that because when I was 16, I made a list of things that I wanted to do and I was going to do. And the main thing on my list, I did not see happening in my community. I didn't see anyone modeling that for me. So it had to come from who God created me to be. And I think 
some people would say I was just crazy, but I say I was just courageous enough to say, okay, I don't know the route. I don't have the directions, may not have all the tools, but yes, I'll go. And I promise you, I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. And even though you've read some amazing things that I've done, let me tell you the truth. I've had some hard roads to travel on. Life is not as easy as my bio makes it seem. I've journeyed through some things. I tell people I lost my mind and I almost lost my life several times, but I'm still standing and happy to be here to share today. And let me tell you why. Here's the answer for you, for the women who are here listening and the men who need to know they don't have to live where they're dying and they don't have to die where they're living. That's why. Well, you know, I think one of my favorite quotes is that life is not measured by what you have, but life is measured by what you give. So when you take a look at your journey, what are the kinds of things that you feel that you have given others? My heart. And I tell people, <laughs> my heart is in Haiti. Even though it's everywhere I go, my heart is in Haiti. My heart is in Kenya. My heart is on the mission field. When you give your heart, you give from your very being, from your core of who you really are. Not from what you know, not from what you've learned in school, but from who you really are. And sometimes, look, Lennon, sometimes I don't really know who I am, but I give what I have. And let me tell you, that's the best we can ever do is give what we have. That is true. You and I kind of have that in common. I think that um, giving from a place of true uh, sincerity without expecting anything and just giving from the heart is probably one of the most fulfilling things you can do in this life. And, you know, as I had said earlier, um, when I did that survey for the women in my group, I was really surprised that that was one of their main things they wanted to learn about, one of the main things. But when I take a look at that, of course, that's important because you, if, even if you have a giving heart, somewhere along the way, motivation you know, is, is in there. Uh, empowerment to do so is in there. Inspiration is in there. And if that begins to go, then you don't, you're not giving, you're not giving from a place of heart any longer, especially if you feel like it's a push, you know, okay, something's missing, something's going on. And sometimes it could be something um, as complicated as your health. Other times it could be something as, I would say complicated as getting your mojo back. So I ask you, RJ, where does your mojo come from? How do you keep it going? And if it ever does go, how do you get it back? Mm. Sometimes I have to go look for it. So yes, it does go. And let me just go back to something very important that you said. I don't want it to go over people's heads. You talked about inspiration. And when you break down the word inspire, it is the heart. So that's what we have to understand. It has to start and come from the heart. And when you do what you love, you've heard this thing, you never work a day in your life. And I just want to just kind of tweak it a little bit. When you do what you love, you are living life. And so many of us are literally just existing. 
And so when you asked me, where do I get my mojo from? Like, how do I keep it going in my bad days? I have to remember all of my good days. Lean in, let me tell you something. Outweigh my bad days. And I have to remember why I do what I do. If it were just about me and for me, I'd quit. I'd give up. I'd throw in the towel. But Linus, it's about purpose. And purpose is about people. And I say this all the time. People are dying to live. And I have what someone needs in order to survive. So therefore, I choose. I make a choice. I choose to show up. Even when I'm broken, I choose to show up. And that's because that is a choice. We all have choices. And when I think about times when I have been empty, well, I was telling you for the last month or so, I've just been feeling uh, spent because I give a lot. I do a lot. And um, I think that part of my feeling spent comes from a place of not replenishing enough for myself because I, I know self-care is that buzzword, but I don't know what other word to call it in terms of pouring in back into yourself so that you continue to give to everyone else. So how do you replenish? How do you take care of yourself so you can continue to pour into others? That's a great question. And let me just, again, you just keep dropping these bombs that people might be missing, but I wanted to blow up their world. And one thing you said, is what I believe. Life is not measured by what you have. Life is measured by what you give. And you said it. I and you said it about yourself. I'm a giver. I give. And I just think thank you for giving women an opportunity to stand up because Lennox, every time you stand up, you give women around you permission to stand up to. So thank you, my sister. Well, thank you for that. This is supposed to be about you, not about me, but well, this is the thing. This is what we as women need to understand. You see, the more I help fill your cup, the more my cup gets filled from the overflow. So it's not about me. It's about we. And together we win. I can't win by myself. Mm-hmm. So let me go back to answer your question. However, <laughs> self-care, you know, you see these posts, self-care, self-care Saturday, self-care Sunday. No, girl, no. Self-care has to be a lifestyle, not a day, not a vacation stay. It's a lifestyle. It has to be something you're doing every day. Let me just give you some quick pointers you can even write down so that you can remember them, but I wanna ask you to write them on your heart so you will implement them, all right? So we as women, especially women entrepreneurs, especially if we don't have a large team, we find ourselves doing almost everything, (laughs) right? And that's cool, you do what you have to do, but here's how you implement self-care. Every 60 minutes, get up away from what you're doing, get up from the computer, get away from the podcast, get away from whatever you're doing and go do something for you. That might be get a glass of water. It might be take a five minute walk. 
It might be pet your dog and play with him for a minute. It may be kiss your kids. It may be rub your hubby's feet. But you're still doing that for you. Get away from the work, the hustle, and the bustle and do something that's going to fill your cup. It may be have a cup of tea. But whatever that looks like, take time out for you consistently. And if you're taking notes, write that word down one more time. Consistently, because consistency and self-care is the key. I, so the I, I love yeah. the idea of uh, taking that break every 60 minutes. And although I don't do it quite every 60 minutes, I do do it quite often during the course of the day. And it's something that I just recently started doing because my favorite room in my house began to feel confining. And I said, oh, I don't want to feel that way about my special room here because this is my office, but it's my prayer room. It's my Linus room. And I don't want to feel confined like this. So I get up and I go and I stand in the backyard or I go right outside in front of my window there and I do grounding. I stand and barefoot in the ground and just feel my connection with Mother Earth and with nature and with God. Um, and that really does replenish me. But what would your advice be for these 7,400 women of which about 25 to 30% of them were saying that, you know, I don't feel motivated. I don't feel inspired. I don't feel empowered to make the changes that I need to make. You know, the number two thing after that was um, weight release and then symptoms from menopause. Well, both those things, dealing with symptoms of menopause and weight release require a certain amount of motivation and empowerment that you can get the job done, that you can make the lifestyle changes that are necessary to, you know, go ahead and pursue that life that you want. So what would you say to them that they need to do to begin to feel more excited and motivated about life? All right. So Linus, thank you for that question. I'm smiling almost to the point of laughing right now. And if anyone's watching me, they're probably thinking, what's she smiling about? And I'm smiling about my answer because it's going to seem harsh and it's going to be harsh. <laughs> okay. So you said the key word. I'm not feeling, I don't feel it. I don't feel like it. I, I don't feel, girl. Listen, get out your feelings. <laughs> okay, so, so what? You don't feel like it. When it comes to motivation, it's not about how we feel. We are women. We're going to have feelings. We're going to be like, woo, one minute and like, I don't know why I'm crying. The next. So what? How you feel? Do it anyhow. First of all, you got to know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, you don't know what you need to do. So you're going to always be living in your feelings. You're going to be up and down, in and out, falling one minute, trying to get up the next, crying, almost dying. Why? Because you don't know what you want. Really, if you want to motivate yourself, start with making a decision. Write this one down. Girl, what do you want? Period. What? do you want? So I want you to spend some time with yourself today and answer that question. Literally go sit in one of those chairs in your house that you haven't sat in in nine months. You forgot the room was even in the house, let alone the chair in the room. Go sit there with yourself and your paper, not your phone, your paper, and ask yourself, what do I want 
And don't be ashamed of anything you say, think, or write down. Don't hold back, write it down. What do you want? Because when you know what you want, life has meaning. And it will motivate you to connect the activities that you do in your life on purpose to what you want. Why aren't you motivated? You don't know what you want. Right. You know, I was uh, just in a clubhouse not too long ago, and uh, a lady was saying that she wrote down her list when she was 16. And it was just so, it seemed like so pie in the sky to her. Well, now, uh, 45 years later, and looking back at all of that, she has done a lot of those things on the list. She says she couldn't believe it. She's done quite a few of those things on the list. But let me say, it's never too late to make the list. It's never too late. I have a yearly list. I guess, and I do have a bucket list, probably somewhere in the back of my mind, but I have a yearly list. And whenever, um, at the end of the year, my year, I have two different year starts. I have a January year start and I have a June year start. My January is the beginning of the year traditionally, and the June was when I was born. So actually, I have 18 months. <laughs> my year is 18 months to get it together, right? And so when I look back at the things that I have to do for this year, uh, or let's say last year, and I look back at that a year and a half or 18 months, let's say later, I'm like, wow, usually the I would say 95% of that stuff that's written down, it's done. And some of them were pretty lofty. Some of them were. But the other thing is that even if you don't get all of those things done, let's say if you have your yearly list or whatever, uh, you will find that you've probably made some steps towards it. And one of the things that I advise people to do to stay motivated is to go ahead and write down all the things that you have to do or that you want to do or whatever, and begin to check them off as they get done. Even if, now the check can be a dash, okay? I have this system. You have like half a dash if you started to work on it. Another dash, which comes like a real slash if you're almost there. And then another slash X when you're done because you give yourself a little re reward along the way. Self-reward can be very motivating. And I'm not necessarily saying self-reward, go out on a retail shopping shit, uh, trip, although that can be rewarding too. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that the visual and also the physical practice of beginning to cross something off on a list, there is a sense of accomplishment with that. And I know not everybody is a list, but I do challenge all of you listeners out there to give it a try, to make that list of what RJ said, what do you want? And write it down and begin to work towards it. Someone said something to me very powerful the other day. They said, even if you do one person, you start at 1% and you do 1% better than you did uh, the day before. Before you know it, at the end of the year, you're at 365%. It's amazing if you do a little bit each time how much you get done. So I'm going to take your advice of what you're talking about in terms of getting out of your feelings because you're absolutely right. Feelings aren't necessarily true. Feelings are just, you know, temporary. It's the way we're feeling at that time. Yeah. So when you get down or you lose your mojo, how do you handle it? What do you say to yourself? Affirmations is what keeps me going and gratification. So I start my day off with gratitude. I make sure I don't just say what I'm grateful for, but I write it down. And when I continue that pattern of writing down what I'm grateful for, 
I go back to that quote you said earlier. I work with what's in my hand. I don't have to worry about what I don't have. I, I work with what I have and I give what I can. And so I learned a little early in life that black and blue doesn't look good on me. Black does, oh, and, and red, red does too. But black <laughs> and blue, no, it just doesn't. So I stopped beating myself up. And I realized all I can do is all I can do as long as I know what I'm doing is my best. So I wanna encourage the people who are listening, particularly the women, to give your best because when you give your best, no one can take anything away from you, ever. And Linus, I wanted to go back to something else you said in terms of writing the list and not being able to accomplish it all. That's called life, my friend, right? So imagine you go on a vacation and you've never been there before, but you've heard all these wonderful things about the location in which you're going and you make this list of all the things you want to do although everything's on your list the reality of for the most the reality of it is for the most part you're not going to get to do all those things because you have to sleep you have to do what other people want you to do you know you have to eat so you do the best you can to get to the most that you can and then when it's all said and done you get to say wow I had that experience. So remember, it's always about perception. You can either look at the, the trip and say, man, I didn't get to do blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, wow, I'm so happy I got to experience X, Y, Z. Amazing. It goes back to that one word, choice. And that choice stems from our perception. What keeps me going, what helps me get back up when I fall down seven times and I rise eight is my perception about who I am, where I am, and where I'm going. Well, let's talk about that, the falling down. You mentioned earlier that you've come close to death a few times. Let's, tell us about that. I didn't fall down on those cases. I got knocked down. I got punched in the gut. On one occasion, I'll just mention this one briefly. Well, let me mention a couple. This wasn't coming close to death, but this was feeling like I was dying. And that was the time I watched my mother have a massive heart attack and take her last three breaths and die. And there was nothing I could do about it. What kept me going in that instant, Linus, is the fact that I did not just watch my mother die. I watched that woman live and give her life away. I watched her raise her children with the help of the most awesome man I know. I call him daddy because I'm a daddy's girl to the end of this world but I watched her give the shirt off her back to someone's house who just caught on fire so that they could have hope. But that was a time for me. And I felt like I was dying. And then there's a time more recently, I'll add, 
when I was just minding my own business, actually helping somebody else with their business, being the driver in this case, when the young man behind me, his bumper, his front bumper that is, decided to meet my steering wheel. And if you can just picture that in your mind, that meant it crushed my vehicle. Not just crushed my vehicle, but my three passengers, including myself inside of that vehicle. We were all taken out. My backseat passenger, they had to use the jaws of life to get her out. We were all rushed to trauma hospital where each of us suffered and still experience and live with brain injuries. I was in a wheelchair for two and a half years. I lost my ability to talk and to walk. But I didn't lose my hope. So when you talk about what helps a person get back up on the eighth time after being knocked down seven, it has to be hope. Once we lose our hope, we lose our life. You know, I have an acronym that I like to use for hope, which is um, honoring our purpose every day. Wow, that's powerful. Yes, and, and if you're honoring your purpose, that means that you're making the choice to do something towards your purpose, even in some cases, if that means just putting one foot in front of the other and getting out of bed, uh, uh, taking a shower, eating, and maybe going back to bed after something as horrific as that. But I can imagine that as soon as you were able you began putting one foot in front of the other. That's exactly what I had to do. And that's what we do every day, regardless. We all have a story, but here's the key. We got to stop telling ourselves the story in our head mm. and start living out of the story in our heart. I always say all the time that one of the most powerful voices that we'll ever hear is a conversation that we have going on in our head. Mm-hmm. I have so many examples of that where people, um, you know, they, they just know something's wrong with them. You know, something's wrong with my body. I'm sick. I don't feel good. They go and they get all the tests, everything. Okay. And the tests come back fine. There's nothing wrong. You know, maybe there's some, a few things you can tweak here and there, like you know, lose some weight, you know, um, other kinds of things like that, eat better, whatever. But in terms of the big stuff, you know, that could take you out, those things are fine. So then you ask, well, then what the heck is going on? Well, what's going on is that whole messaging, that whole conversation, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And of course, if you continue to tell yourself something's wrong, you continue to say, I don't feel good and everything else, then eventually that will come to pass. Because I believe that what you think about, what you ponder on, what you continually, you know, Uh, have on your mind will surely come to pass so why not as you say make the choice to speak nothing but positive things over yourself even though you're not feeling like it because as to quote you again girl get out your feelings (laughs) i took notes our day i don't take those all the time with people i interview but i took some notes because you gave me an idea be looking for it on instagram it's going to be quotes by rj (laughs) All right. (laughs) You know, so many people say that after I do the interview, they're like, I have so many RJ-isms. I am just going to start using them. I'm like, hey, this is why I'm here. 
but it's not about writing it down. And I know you, Linus, you're going to take it and you're going to apply it. But I want to say to everyone, I don't care if you write it down. I don't even care if you take it and say it's yours. What I care about is the fact that you will take it and implement it and see the change that you desire and deserve so you can live the life that you desire and you deserve. That's what I want to see. And I'll tell you something, because you gave me credit. Thank you. Yeah, I do really do live what I speak as much as possible. I, I really do do that. I, I feel that what's the point of talking about it if I'm not doing it? That, that means I'm a fraud. So I do do it. But I know that you live what you do as well, because I have this story that I love to tell about RJ. She, um, in one of the clubhouses, I was listening to her, or maybe in one of our back and forth Instagram conversations, <laughs> she shared with me about the brain injury and that, you know, short-term memory um, isn't always there and that she does forget things. So I thought, okay, and I put, filed that away somewhere. Well, I, during the time when I first met RJ, um, my daughter had just relocated to San Antonio and I was so concerned because she was getting ready to deliver um, a, a baby. She was eight months pregnant when she and her fiance decided that she should come to Texas. And I'm like, what? You know, there's, I had all kinds of reasons why that wasn't a good idea. But the main thing was, is because I wasn't going to be there because of the middle of a pandemic. So I couldn't, you know, so anyway, um, she had, you know, the baby and everything was fine. But RJ remembered all of that. And throughout that process, she would send me notes asking me, how's my daughter? How's the baby? You know, she didn't remember. She said, it's been about a month now. I said, so finally I asked RJ, I said, RJ, I remember you told me you have short-term memory. How are you remembering this stuff? You know, do you write it down or whatever? She said, you know, what my brain doesn't remember, my heart does. And that just took my breath away because I understood there are some things that happen in the course of our lives that while our brain may not remember, our heart does. And I would challenge all of you to only allow your heart to remember those things that serve you well, that make you feel good. Because we certainly could do the other heart thing where you're walking around wanting to stab, pe stab people and everything else. And we got a few of those folks out there. I call them the walking wounded people who have issues of concern that they've never really taken care of and just decided to live their life wounded and not in the process of healing. But if you are in the process of healing or if you have a healed heart, if you've made that choice not to let your heart be full of things that do not serve you, then your heart will remember those things are important to you as well, just like RJ's does. And when she told me that, that really impacted me. I said, wow, that is so awesome. And it makes so much sense. And you know, you talk a lot about making choices. And when you look back through your life and your career and all of that, what do you think is probably the most important choice that you have made that have brought you to where you are right now? Wow, that's a really deep question. And so thank you so much for asking. The best choice that I have ever made was to choose to be a believer. That's been a life-giving choice for me. And it's a choice I made at a very early age. You see, my parents were believers and they didn't tell us what to do. They showed us by example. They taught us to love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. They taught us that by example. And so on Sundays, they didn't tell us we're going to church. 
They took us to church. They didn't send us to church. They didn't make us go to Sunday school. They went too. And so by example, they didn't tell us this is how we have to live. They showed us how to live. They showed us how to give our life away because they made a decision to accept God, to accept Jesus as their savior. And they, they gave us a choice to make that decision. And I made that decision at a very early age. You know, Linus, when my friends were talking about what they wanted to be growing up, doctors and lawyers and secretaries and all that stuff, I said, I wanted to be a preacher. Hmm. That was my goal. And I had probably three or four friends on our, on our street whose fathers were preachers or pastors. And I would always make sure I got to hang out with my friends so I could have conversation with their fathers because I wanted to hear, what is this thing that I'm believing in? Tell me more. And I remember in ninth grade, well, not ninth grade, it was actually probably in the 10th grade when my ninth grade teacher, which is another story, took me into her office and she gave me this personality test. And the test said I would be good for being a counselor or a pastor. And I was like, good, because that's exactly what I want to be. Now I went off and did a whole lot of things but I came right back to the heart of the matter. I came right back to the core of my very being and who I am. And when you know who you are, life has meaning. It doesn't mean I'm any better than anyone else because I'm not. I just made the best decision for my life that helps me help you make the best decision for your life. And that was a decision that changed my life for the better. Wow. So amazing. So much wisdom. And all of you who are listening, you need to play this back at least four or five times. Make sure you get all the wisdom because it's just amazing. I have to ask you this because I like to ask all of my guests this question. How do you vibe? How do you stay vibrant, you know, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged? What is it that you do? All right, so for those of you who are watching and not listening, you're probably thinking, RJ, that is not no vibe, girl. You are all offbeat. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. But I'm comfortable in the skin I'm in. So my vibe comes from within who I am. Because I told you, when you know who you are, life has meaning. And I know who I am. And I'm comfortable with who I am. I don't have to compare myself. I don't have to show up the way you show up. I show up for who I am, authentically true to be me. And I want you to vibe, girl, get your vibe on. Do you who do you? Oh, for those of you who are listening on the audio, listen, I bust the move. Don't, don't worry about it. You missed it, but I bust the move. <laughs> you see that in the trailer. Y'all already saw that in the trailer, okay? I'm already telling my aging guy, this is the part when she starts moving, make sure you get that piece, okay? Make sure you put that in there. So no, no, no. That That is definitely the vibe. RJ, thank you so much for being on the Vibe Living Podcast. For people who want to know more about you, I think you can go to the couragegiver.com. Does that lead to your Instagram also? TheCourageGiver.com, that's my official home on the internet and on the world, world wide web. You can also catch me as The Courage Giver anywhere on social media. And if you're on Clubhouse, just catch me as RJ Jackson. 
This is RJ Jackson, also known as the Courage Giver, and it would be my pleasure to connect with you. That's right. It's okay. Slide on into her DM. On Slide on into my DM. <laughs> I was talking to someone just before in another podcast. I was asking, how come they don't say hop in or walk in? And she said, because it's not as cool. I said, yeah, that's right. The visual is slide on in to RJ's DM on Instagram. RJ, thank you so much for being on the Vibe Living Podcast. Thank you, Lynn. It's my pleasure. And thank you to all of you who've been listening. I know there's 50 million podcasts out there you could be listening to, but I am so appreciative that you've spent a little bit of time on the Vibe Living Podcast. And if you want to do more things Vibe, just click on the links there um, on the show page. I would love to see you in my women's group on Facebook. That is Vibe Women 40 Plus on Facebook, 7,400 women from all over the world, 90 different countries who are sharing their passions about how to be well in your mind, body, and spirit. Or check me out on Instagram or Clubhouse. You know, just go ahead and take a click on all my media there and check me out and follow me because I do different things on different platforms. But the main thing is I love talking about how to help you to be vibe, be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and emerged. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic day and don't forget the vibe. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. Please feel free to download, rate, share, and like the show. To find out more about living a vibe life, go to my website at wellnesswoman40.com or email me at vibelivingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day and don't forget to vibe.